Hello everyone and welcome to The Link Podcast with me, Elle. If you're studying English, don't forget that you can study these podcast episodes as English lessons on Link. Work your way through the transcript as you listen, translating words and phrases as you go. Those words and phrases will then be saved in your own personal database. You can study them in vocabulary exercises and they'll be highlighted differently in future content excellent way to level up your English. So check it out. The lesson link is in the video description. Don't forget, you can also start an English challenge on link. Check out the challenges page to see the different challenges that we have. Another great way to boost your level and make a breakthrough with your English. This week, I am joined by a very cool guest. She is a comic book artist and pop surrealist painter and creator. I'm joined today by Camila Darico. Camila, how are you? Good, how are you doing, Elle? I'm great, I'm great, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me. You're joining me from uh, Vancouver Island today, right? That's right. Yes. I used to live in Vancouver for, uh, oh my gosh, so many years. And then just last year, we moved to Vancouver Island and it's amazing. Yes, I bet. I got a kind of a mini tour of your places just before we recorded. It looks beautiful. How is, uh, what's the, the lifestyle like on Vancouver Island? Uh, uh, island life is like being semi-retired. Uh, it could it could be because I think we moved into a retirement community without meaning oh. to. We're just <laughs> we're like, hey, that house looks nice, and then we're like, wait a second, everyone here is like, oh, like there's no one under seventy. <laughs> we're like, okay, oh, wow. we're the yeah. So it's so it's so peaceful and quiet. You see golf carts, you know, like just motoring every day past the house, and I'm like, oh, there you go, here's like Phil going golfing. It's really quiet, and honestly, it's such a difference from be from living in. Vancouver, where I lived in a, or my husband and I, we lived in a, a loft that was just in the middle of downtown, right in the middle. And it was just loud. There would be sirens honking. There would be people screaming or talking or it was, it was quite, it's, it's very, very different. And I love it. I love this quiet, peaceful, like life. Excellent. Well, it sounds lovely. It does. <laughs> Camila, I want to talk a little about how you got into art essentially so were you always a bit of an arty child were you always drawing doodling or did it kind of come later yeah <laughs> totally so my mom uh she said that when I was born she said my hands were that of an artist she just knew right wow. away that I'd be artistic huh. and uh, I mean my mother my mother was a midwife in Italy too so like she saw a lot of babies um, and I don't know I mean she was always so encouraging my mother uh when my parents immigrated to Canada they ended up having a, a daycare center in the home you know they just and I was surrounded by children all the time and I was coloring in coloring books and you know painting and doing all these artistic things and I just uh I, I think maybe it was meant to be and maybe it was just that my mother was encouraging but I always was drawn to cartoons and art and beautiful things so yeah it, it was um I think if I could have been I would have been born with a crayon in my hand it sounds like the perfect blend so you're born with kind of skill and these hands and then you have parents who nurture that especially your mom so my parents like they wanted to be <laughs> they're they're um uh, because my parents immigrated, they wanted me to have a really good life. So they, they were scared initially about like me being an artist right. because you know, the starving artist is, it's, or there's a saying for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, so they were like, yeah, they were very encouraging, but also very practical. 
And I think that really helped me develop in like as a professional artist. So it wasn't just like a hobby. As soon as they realized I wanted to do this, like as a career, they were like, okay, well, you're, if you're going to do it, you got to have to do it right. And I'm like, yep. Right. Right. Is uh, anyone in your family, were your, your parents, are they artistic or anyone in your aunts, uncles, grandparents that you know of? So my mom, um, she's artistic. And then my great aunt, oh, great, not my great aunt, my great, uh, why can't I say it? My <laughs> great grandma. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, she was very artistic too, non uh, And yeah, there was a cast, I guess it runs in both sides of the family. Um, my sisters didn't get any of it though. It was like all condensed into me. Um, just, but they're, you know, my family, I think they're creative thinkers and they definitely are very unique in how they approach life. And so it's not just like, um, I, like my, yeah. So my family's creativity kind of comes out in different ways. And for me, it was a very visual kind of way. And did you know then from a young age that art was what you wanted to do for your career? Then? Oh yeah. I actually yeah. thought that, um, so I was really big into dinosaurs. I don't know if you were, but <laughs> I was like obsessed with dinosaurs and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I could just have a career of drawing dinosaurs. I thought that was what a paleontologist did. <laughs> so when I learned that, nope, we have to go into the hot sun and dig up dinosaur bones. And then there's all this other, and I'm like, I have the, I mean, I've got this, the, the skin, the color of, you know, mozzarella. So I would have burned so quick. I mean, I burn, I, I get sunburns just being indoors. So imagine if I had gone outside. Um, so yeah, I, but, and so after that, it was funny because, um, you know, my mom being like, so like around kids all the time, we watch a lot of cartoons and it wasn't until the little mermaid, the Disney movie that I was like, I turned to my mom and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so, I love this so much. And my mom mentions, she's like, yeah, well that's somebody, you know, that's a career right there. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, she's like, well, people get paid to do, to, to do that. I'm like, people get paid to, um, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? People get paid to, to animate. And my mom was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm going to be an animator. So I, and that was when I was 12 and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be oh. no younger than that. I don't even remember. I'm, and my mom was like, okay, well, if you want to be an animator, you have to like take all the, you know, electives in high school and, you know, go to courses. So that was what I had planned to do. Now I apparently, I'm just a terrible animator. I actually was like the worst. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the repetition of it. Uh, so it wasn't for me. So I found other avenues to express myself creatively. And did you go to school for, for art? Yeah, I did. So I went to um, uh, the Kelowna University and I went there and I did a semester of fine of um, practical arts before I ended up going to the, the Vernon College to do the animation program. So I learned... And I mean, I took all sorts of electives in high school. And then when I did the, after I did the, the, I graduated from the animation program, I, I went back to school, um, in Vancouver and that was at the Capilano university. And I did the idea program, which is design illustration and, and painting. So I had a very, I have a very, uh, like <laughs> well-rounded creative history, you know? So I mentioned in your intro that you are a pop surrealist 
painter and creator because you don't just paint you create uh, like jewelry fashion like toys too you you've done so much it's very cool um so so what is pop surrealism so you know it's funny i didn't even know that pop surrealism existed until somebody mentioned it to me years ago and so pop surrealism is basically a, a faction of the lowbrow movement art movement which uh, developed in the 70s and it was this movement of artists who were doing a bit darker stuff but more cartoony you know it was they branched off from what the traditional art was you know like right. realism and pointillism and abstract like they were taking uh essentially like cartoons and elevating it and so mm -hmm. pop surrealism it it's the the lighter side of that it's um yeah it's it's a it's it's really fun so it's like essentially taking pop art and then twisting it with surrealism. So I fell into that without knowing it. I was just painting uh -huh. girls with, like I was, my style is inspired by animation, which anime in mm -hmm. the Japanese style. And, and, and portraiture is from Italy, you know, like I'm a, obviously my, my background is that. And so I was always obsessed with the Renaissance. And so it was like a, an amalgamation of the two. And because I did this kind of surreal element of having like giant animals on a little girl like like small yeah. heads it was like oh that's surreal and i got like i just was absorbed into that movement of art right. so you, you were doing it before you even knew there was a name for it essentially yeah exactly i didn't even know i was like because the movement was in los angeles mostly and i'm i was in vancouver and i didn't even know about it until a collector from los angeles kind of mm. mentioned it you know and you say animals on the heads. I'll show some images um, for those uh, people watching and links, of course, to your art uh, for those who are just listening. But I especially love the anything tentacles of yours is just so cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, so you know, cool. and it's it, when I started out, I mean, I've been doing this for so long that there's been so many uh, stages in my career. So I started out with like um gargantuan headgear the helmet girls and then it it evolved into girls with um animals on their heads and now it's i'm splicing rainbows it's so much fun yeah has there been uh like you say you've been you've been at this for a while you have so much work has there been a kind of highlight of your career so far oh my goodness um well <laughs> That might be an easier question if I wasn't a Libra that can't make yeah. decisions. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I definitely know that I think my a pivotal show for me was my um, my Nijiba, Nijibambini show, which means uh, Rainbow Children. Okay. And it was a, a, a point in my career where I took off from doing just girls like of animals and it became the rainbow the rainbow children and like, like this is this is one of mine so the she's she would be considered one of the rainbow children right. and i branched off from doing what people expected me to do and i took a risk because anytime that you have collectors or you're doing like uh or you're a musician or something and then you have a change of style suddenly you could lose a lot of people and it's like you've built this audience and what if I'm betraying them by giving them something they don't expect? Uh, so that for me was a show that I, I had to do it because if I didn't, 
I wouldn't be true to myself as an artist because when you have all these ideas in your head and I want to explore those, I don't want to put myself in a box, a creative box, you know? Yeah. So that was definitely a make it or break it show where I was like, I'm going to do this. And if it fails, then that's fine. I'll just be a comic book artist and I'll like, I can hang my hat as a painter and I'll do it proudly. I'll do it with like flair. Um, and you know, it turns out that it was my, one of my most successful shows in terms of like, I really surprised people in a good way. Like they were blown away by these rainbow girls. Like I think I have a, yeah. So this was one of my rainbow children. This is the very first one. It's a, uh, it's, oh, so this was cute. the dream melt and mm -hmm. she's just crying these rainbows. And I don't think anyone had ever seen that before. And after that, I mean, you see people melting rainbows and dripping all colors. And I, I can see that that's influenced probably by what I did, what I've been doing for the past 10 years. So yeah, that must be amazing to see that, to see your idea, your work in other people's work. Do you feel kind of, do you ever feel like, Hey, that's, that's my idea. I've definitely experienced direct ripoffs, which is oh, so, dear. Oh yeah. Like I, uh, but that's like another, <laughs> I do think that, like obviously artists, we inspire each other. And it's like, if you, if one person does one idea, then we like someone else will take it and be like, you know, make it their own. And, and that's totally fine. I think it's just when people do that direct, um, right. Copy where I'm like, you are not being true to yourself as an artist. You're just taking someone else's popular idea and trying to make money, which is yeah. it what artists should be doing. I mean, maybe this is the starving artist thing, but uh, you need to be creating art because it comes from yourself, from who you are and not because you like what someone else is doing and you want to be popular too. Do you know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. And how did the, the toys and figurines creation come about? Oh yeah. The, so that actually was probably since 2000 and like nine or 2008. Oh, okay. so yeah. 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 So I was doing what other, like at the time I was just doing prints and I was doing, um, books, but because I, I, I love comic books and I go to conventions and you see, they make action figures out of the art and like anime figures. I, I love those so much. And I always wanted my art to be three dimensional because it adds another level. It like, mm. it brings something that, you know, I have an idea and it brings it like literally physically to life. Um, so I've always wanted that. And so when my sister started working with me and we started to, she started to do the merchandising side of things because I needed to focus on art creation. I needed to focus on like galleries and doing that. And so take, bringing my sister on board, helped me to all to, um, I guess, brand myself into merchandise, which I previously hadn't really been able to do because I didn't have the time and I didn't have, I mean, there's only one of me, right? So, right. Yeah. And then eventually my sister um, moved on to a different career, which is, I'm so happy for her. And, uh, and I just kind of took over and it was like, I was in the position then where I've, I learned a lot and we, and like now I have umbrellas and kimonos and i mean there's wow, yes there's that's so yeah cool. <laughs> there's, and, and the figures too like yes i work with other companies to do um sculptures and figures of my artwork because i'm i'm not it, an expert there like i have to i'd rather collaborate with other people and have their expertise like bring something to life versus me trying to 
you know, <laughs> and make a mold, which I don't know how to do that. So yeah, yes. but yeah, it's fun. Right. It's so, it's like really cool to see all the different ways that you can take your art and make it wearable or add it to someone's life, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not just on their wall anymore. It's like they could take it outside and they can wear it, you know? Yeah. It's very cool. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like it's such a wonderful career. You've clearly doing well if you've really built this amazing life and career with your art i wonder is there a kind of dark side to <laughs> the career i mean i know you mentioned you've mentioned the kind of people copying you straight ripping you off um what have been some more some other obstacles you faced as an artist oh boy you know that is a whole other like do you have three hours and... yeah oh no <laughs> <laughs> well it's such a artists can we can be taken advantage of unfortunately oh. and if you don't know how to protect yourself you don't even know that there's people who will take advantage of you mm. so and and that's why being an artist you have to really have a good sense of business because if you don't then there's this naivety about artists where we're like we're so we can be so positive and we're creating this and we you know we give it to somebody else to do something with it and you expect that they're just going to honor your trust, right. uh, you know, but I think one of the lowest points for me was when I was working on an Avril Lavigne manga. So it's an Avril Lavigne comic book okay. and which was, yeah, crazy and um, <laughs> insane. <laughs> so it was a two part series and I didn't have a contract with the company and I'm like, okay, well I did the first book without a contract, but I'm like, well, I need a contract. Like it has to happen. You know, I'm working on the second book. I just want to protect myself. And my lawyer is going back and forth with the publisher. And then I'm, I'm still working on the book as the contract is kind of being negotiated. And then I get uh, a phone call saying, Oh, we'd like to meet at, uh, uh you know, <laughs> I should have seen it coming uh, at like a public location. And they're just like, yeah, you know, like, uh, we're gonna ha have to terminate you. And I'm like, but I'm almost halfway through the book. And there was this particular kill clause in the contract where if they terminated me and 50% of the art had been done, they owed me for the entire book. Okay. And if they, which that's a, that's a pretty like it's standard thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But for them, they were really pushing against that. And I understood why, because they had actually hired somebody else who was had been, who was working on the book while I was working on the book and they were negotiating with me. So can you, wow. that was really gut wrenching because I brought them the, this, the writer, I brought them the, the, like everything in order to, to develop that book. And then they just outsourced it. And I was, yeah. And I was like, I was 40% done. And so I, yeah, I was like just at the edge, you know, and that was really disappointing. And people actually, uh, you know, they don't, a lot of people don't realize that I didn't do the second book because they hired the company to basically recreate my style. So, oh wow, okay. yeah. And they cool. used my, oh, and they used my cover for the second book. So when you look at it, you think that, oh yeah, Camila drew it, but I didn't. So Oh. shady shady and of course i'm not going to say who it was but um yeah. you know so there was that there's a low point and then there's like 
there's other things that happen where it's so frustrating and it's not like, uh, like for example, when I, when I was doing conventions before the apocalypse and, uh, <laughs> before the pandemic, uh, you know, you would, you would, uh, I would have stuff mailed. And I remember one time specifically, I opened the box and half of it was empty and I called my, my team who had packed it. And I'm like, Hey, like, you guys didn't, did you not, did you not fill the box? And like, they're and I'm like, where is everything? And they're like, no, like we sent you everything. And it turns out that somebody mid transit opened the box, took out half the stuff and then kept it going. So yeah. So someone yes. stole thousands of dollars. Um, oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Wow. And you know, that was through FedEx, which is a reliable place. And they're like, well, we delivered it. I'm like, you delivered. And there's no way there's no recourse there. They're not going to oh, like, no. like oh, no yeah, insurance delivered. Oh, nope. Well, they can't, they can't because the box wasn't stolen and I can't prove that oh, someone stole what was inside, you know? Goodness. Yeah. Oh. So, oh no, I know. And then the last thing I will mention is, um, somebody was made a whole entire show, uh, that was my art recreated my paintings almost like, like exactly, I'd say like 95% exactly. And had a, had a show and then represented that art as their own. Is there anything you can do in that case? Just oh yeah. I mean, you can, you, you know, you contact or... the gallery. Well, yeah, I, yeah you could sue, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it was a young artist and I was, I was just like, I contacted the gallery and I let them know. And this, the artist, you know, I'm like, you know, you have to have some integrity. Uh, because you may be my fan, but you're literally stealing from me. And if you're yeah. a fan of my art, that's a huge betrayal, you know, mm -hmm. so. As much as you can plan these days, uh, how is 2022 looking for you? Any, anything? Yeah, I mean, with the hope that there's going to be a little bit more normalcy in 2022, I do plan on going to uh, some of the major conventions that I missed out on going this year. Because, you know, living in Canada... And the borders being so finicky, like they could just yeah. shut down at any point. I just decided to take a hiatus from doing the conventions because even the conventions themselves, you, they don't know if they're going to happen. And, yeah. and, and also, and this isn't by any means to like, but I just don't think that even just during the pandemic, it's a good idea to, you know, get 70,000 people together in one spot. Yeah. So <laughs> It's like, I'm like, you know, I, for me, I understand that we're all boxed in and like, I basically have been living in lockdown for two years, but mm. if, um, yeah, I just want to, I just want to go to conventions again when I feel like it's a bit more handled and hopefully yeah. it will be, you know, like, so there's that. And then, yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to do like in-person events again. I do have a new coloring book that's coming out next year oh, cool. with, with random house. It's cute. It's really, it's called, uh, dragons and other magically mythical creatures. So it's uh, full of like some of my favorite, you know, am, like animals and mythical creatures and all sorts of crazy things. So I've got that coming out. Excellent. And then I have my next art book, uh, coming out with dark horse called dappled daydreams. So I'm looking that. forward to that release and hopefully fingers and toes crossed this helmet girls, uh, figure 
that I'm working on is going to be released as well. So wow, so lots going on now. How many books do you have? You do you have? Have you written? Have you created? I think it's close to twenty at this point. Whoa. I think so. Amazing. It's definitely like fifteen. And then wow. with these two new ones, it's going to be closer to yeah. So excellent. So an exciting year, and hopefully exciting with the things that you're releasing and hopefully exciting and that you'll get to travel a bit too fingers crossed fingers and toes i'm like really hoping yeah well thank you so so much for joining me camila it was a great chat and um yeah best of luck with uh, everything in 2022 thank you and you know, thank you so much for having me this has been a real treat so i really appreciate it oh thank you have a great day bye yeah you too bye